How are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Shady Rays. Now, I think we might be seeing the beginning of the possible counteroffensive. I want to use this with big bunny ears. Counteroffensive that's going to be happening at some point because I don't think it's happening right now. Some people are getting real excited about it because the Ukrainians, which we'll talk about, I got some mapping we could actually chat on for the first time in, in a, uh, feels like a really long time. We get, the, we get to look at some mapping outside of Bakhmut. There's been some stuff happening in the southern portion of the country. I think it's more uh, probes than anything. I don't think it's like a beginning of some major offensive unless they can find an area they can penetrate and maybe it's time to do it. But I think right now what they're doing is possibly all along certain areas of the the front line we're going to see uh, the Ukrainians trying to possibly probe to find an area that they can penetrate. I mean, it's pretty much it. I know that sounds actually terrible when you take it out of context when speaking about war, but that's what I think they're doing. Now, I think outside of Ukraine, there's only one big thing I would like to speak about today. Uh, it's, that's going to be Afghanistan. Once again, we talked about it here in the last episode, and I think I'm going to get what I'm going to say in some of this stuff is probably going to ruffle a little bit y'all's feathers, which I don't really give a shit because it's not matter to me. It's just me being honest. I know a little bit about Afghanistan, just a tad bit. I spent a little bit of time over there. The Taliban are terrible people. They are. And so is ISIS. ISIS has been, um, I had a buddy killed by ISIS, but he was killed in Iraq. And then I had, of course, I, I know a lot of guys that have killed in Afghanistan as well. was killed by the Taliban. They're just, they're just bad groups of people. Just bad people. Okay, now Afghanistan as a whole is now has became a, a a significant coordination site for the Islamic State, as apparently they're they're starting to plan attacks across Europe and Asia and conduct aspirational plotting. Okay, against the United States, and yes, I'm going to say aspirational plotting because that's what it is. Now, this is these are actually assessments that are portrayed as threats, and they are a growing security concern to the United States. Now, these attacks that they're planning, they've been detailed in this U.S. Uh, intelligence findings that we guys know was leaked from the, the Discord, which is so crazy this was actually leaked through Discord messaging. It's just insane to me. It revealed specific efforts to target embassies, churches, business centers, and actually the FIFA World Cup soccer tournament itself, which, of course, draws more than roughly like 2 million spectators. That was last summer in Qatar. That is insane. Now, the Pentagon officials were aware in December of this last year, of nine such plots that were coordinated by ISIS leaders inside of Afghanistan. Pentagon officials were aware in December of nine uh, these nine plots, and they were actually, the number had risen. My God, calm down. The number had risen to 15 by February. So between December and February, it went from nine to 15. ISIS has actually been developing a very cost-effective model for external operations. It's actually relying on resources outside of Afghanistan. Okay, now these, these are going to be areas that have a lot of sympathizers where they have um, operators inside of certain target countries. This model is actually going to likely enable ISIS to overcome certain obstacles, which for the most part is going to be security services getting into country, reducing some plot timelines, and minimizing disruption opportunities as a whole. So they got to have sympathizers and people inside of certain countries and areas that are on their side. This is, there's people around the world, there's people here in America that probably love them for some odd reason. I have no idea. Now, other reports that are inside the same documents actually reveal that there's par uh, persistent efforts by the Islamic State in other parts of the world to obtain expertise for creating chemical weapons and operating drone aircrafts. Now, a plot in which the group supporters would actually kidnap Iraqi diplomats in Belgium and or France in a bid to secure or release 4,000 imprisoned. Uh, it's just like, what in, the, what in the world is going on? This is like a real life network, Netflix series. I feel like I say that almost every single day now. But you know what? This is a uh, this is actually another little crazy 
tidbit coming out of this. The spokeswoman for the National Security Council said, yes, the United States, said that in a statement that the United States maintains the ability to remove terrorists from battlefield without a permanent troop presence on the ground and reorganize the U.S. counterterrorism operations to address future threats anywhere. Okay, this is what she cited as evidence. I, I'm not, I'm, okay, this does happen, but I'm going to say that she is 1 million percent incorrect with regards to Afghanistan. That's what she's trying to actually say, that they can operate in Afghanistan without really being in Afghanistan, which is not true because she cited this as evidence, but U.S. Special Operations right inside Somalia that she's talking about that killed um, the Islamic State leader whom U.S. officials have said has had influence on the group's component in Afghanistan. Now, the thing about that is, we have a presence. We have a military force inside of Somalia. So guess what? Kind of contradicts what she's trying to say here, right? Unlike Afghanistan, we actually have something inside of Somalia to do something. Also, according to the leaked document, it also addresses the fact the Islamic State would actually be restricted in the near future to small-scale manufacturing, which not really too shocking. Um, but they do they did get paid quite a bit of money from us, which is good for them. But they're going to be uh, dealt dealt only dealing with conventional explosives or possibly chemical or biological weapons, and that such efforts would continue to be thwarted by the inability to acquire necessary precursors and the expertise. That's why they're trying to outsource, trying to find people. And I'm glad we at least have kept tabs on them because I mean it, it's we need to. I mean, I, like I said in the last episode, my my children are going to have to deal with this later on in life, which is, I know a lot of you guys probably don't believe that, but it's going to be a thing. 20 years down the road, 10 years down the road, just something's going to happen. But since then, evidence actually suggests that Bin Laden's group is now um, not nearly as powerful, which I could have told you guys that as well, because we pretty much went in there and, and, and killed a lot of them. We killed a very large group of them. But this is apparently coming from a former CIA counterterrorism official who advised on the successes of the U.S. administrations over over time of battling the group. I'm telling you guys, it's it is what it is. You know, I mean, we went in there, we we de we dealt a pretty de decent blow to them, but it is terrorist groups, and they they spawn like a, a what's the best way to put them? They're like an infectious virus. Is the best way to put it. That's what they are. It is it is what it is. And I could talk about it like the way I do is because I've been there. I've been with the people. I've seen the things they do to their own civilian population. It's, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. The stuff we were doing over there, a lot of people don't realize. I thought a lot of it was good. Well, it really was. A lot of stuff we were doing over there was good. A lot of people were like, oh, my God, we're there for oil and, oil and gas or whatever. I'm like, you're, you're an absolute fucking idiot. There was not a, a single ounce of us over there for fucking oil in Afghanistan. You, 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 you literally were dropped on a head of it as a child, if you think that. Now, if you were to say we're over there for precious metals... I don't know, like iron ore, diamonds, rubies, that kind of stuff. Maybe not diamonds, but rubies. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Not that I know. I know that I know that China just signed a is working on a very massive deal to allow or for the Taliban to allow them to come in and mine there. I mean, that's just me though. But it is what it is. All right, so we're gonna go to a tad bit of mapping here. Since I'm, pro I mean, I'm gonna ruffle y'all's feathers here for a little bit. Even even after this, we got another section which I know is just gonna get under some of y'all's skin, which is okay. It is what it is. You know. We wouldn't be here if we weren't honest about some certain things. Well, here is Bakhmat. It is still holding this one little chunk. You guys see, it kind of looks like a triangle, that little area right there. Since the last time we spoke, actually, not even since the last time we spoke, the last time we did some mapping on this area, that's pretty much it over the last week, okay? Now, I know that the, the area is not very big. You're literally looking once you zoom in. Like, this is kind of crazy. Look how many streets it is. One, two, three, four. Not even full streets. There's one big street right there. Like, that's it. Street to street, house to house over a week. I mean, that's like no joke. So when I'm telling you guys in last the last video, like it's it's literally just street to street, house to house. I can't really change anything. But 
the weather's changing, weather's shifting. I'm just saying. I am going to share a video um, here later on. It, it, it speaks on some of the stuff that's going on inside of Bakhmut. I know that the Russians are struggling for a certain type of funding, which is some, somewhat kind of funny, but uh, this is pretty much that. It's Bakhmut as a whole. Even if I were to zoom out anymore, nothing has changed. They're not pushing on this side. They're not pushing over here. They're not pushing. It's just pretty much everything is pretty much the way it's been. Okay. Now, shifting over here to Hearsone. Oh, Mr. Hearsone. There's a couple things going on. For one, this chunk. Yeah, look. That's on the left side of the river. It's not red anymore, really. All right. That's a pretty crazy. It's kind of crazy, right? Don't don't get don't get too excited. Don't get too crazy. It's it is it is a feat. I don't think it's a very crazy feat. The Ukrainians have been able to take this area just south of the main portion of the city of Hearsone itself. But it is on the left side of the river. The reason why I don't think it's that significant, I, I know people died taking it. I did watch some videos of them getting um, mortared on their way in, so I'm not saying it's not that significant. It's just very unlikely that the Russians maintain any sort of large military presence inside of this area. It's swampy. It's not like, I mean, it's not just swampy. It's not. Now, I will say there is a chance that Russians are north of here still somewhere in this area. And I say this because the bridge you guys are seeing right now in the overlay is right here. Now, that is that bridge. It is still intact. It is connecting the city to this, I'm going to call it swampland, which to me, if you guys know like Savannah, Georgia, or South Carolina on, on the coast, that's kind of what this area looks like. If you guys know what I'm talking about, you guys can go look it up. Or maybe that's kind of what this reminds me of. I don't believe the Russians would leave this bridge standing if they were, in fact, retreating and they were leaving the area for good. I think this is a probing attack that is happening, and I think it's happening because they're trying to find a way across and to possibly shift some of the resources, the Russian resources down for the Zaporizhia reason, just, just in case they're pushing through here. Now, if they do somehow get a foothold and they're able to get these men across from here, Son, okay? Now, think about this just for a second. They could travel and take this waterway all the way to here, all the way through there. I'm going to redo that. It was terrible. All this waterway all the way through to something like this and actually find a way onto there. Then they're good. Then they can start. Then they'll have the freedom of movement to push men across. Now, remember, this bridge is out, so they're not going to be able to take that. But that is going to be somewhat of a feat to transport that much men and equipment across that river. And that's why I don't really think that Zappari, or uh, excuse me, Hearsone is going to be the area where they're going to push. Unless I could be incorrect, unless they just somehow match. They've got a ton of boats. I think it's going to come from Zaporizhia. I'm not the only one. Now, Shady Rays are durable but built to tackle all of life's outdoor adventures. Now, that has to do with... Maybe crossing the river inside of Hearsong. Maybe you're waiting some shady rays. I have no idea. Now, their style is timeless and on point. They make me look fantastic, which, you know, is pretty difficult. I'm not a very good-looking guy. Plus, all shady rays have polarized lenses for crystal-clear vision and strong sun protection. That's the real test of a good pair of sunglasses. Speaking of strong, here's why I don't worry about losing or breaking my shady rays ever. Every single pair of Shady Rays is backed by the industry-leading lost and or broken replacements program. Break or lose your pair. The second one, take them out of the box. Hey, guess what? They'll send you guys a replacement pair, no questions asked. Shady Warriors isn't happy unless you guys are happy. That is why they give you guys 30 days to try them. And if you guys don't like them, you guys can exchange them and return them for free. Yes, for free. So with every single order, the Shady Rays Impact program works with nonprofits worldwide to make impact on lives of children and young adults building. Play sets for pediatric cancer patients and creating adventures for young adults with cancer and MS. You and Shady Rays are making an impact together. Now, to me, Shady Rays are a big deal because I tend to lose my sunglasses and I tend to break my sunglasses. I'm pretty rough on them and they're polarized. Polarized is a big deal because I like to fish. I got to see into the water, which is a huge deal. I'm outside a lot. 
I used to I used to have kunai's a ton. You guys know what kunai's is? <laughs> I used to have it all the time. I don't anymore. Is I'm not on the water as much, but thank God when I am, I have shady rays. It makes vision clarity is is outstanding. Durability second to none. So what's better than getting one pair of shady rays and not worrying about if you guys break or lose them? How about getting two? So right now you guys can go to shadyrays.com forward slash rob and use code rob for a limited time. When you guys buy one pair of shady rays, you guys will get a second one for free. Yes, that's S-H-A-D-Y-R-A-Y-S dot com forward slash Rob. Use code Rob to get a second pair of Shady Rays for free today. It's that, it's not, it's not that simple. It's not difficult. Very very top description. Click it. It'll take you, Gary, you guys there. You guys can get a second pair for free. That's ShadyRays.com forward slash Rob. Use promo code Rob. Now, I'm currently going to shift over to show you guys a piece of some Russian propaganda TV, which... Seems to be making a comeback over here on this channel. You know what? Before I do that, actually, I wanted to talk about um, this counteroffensive just just for one second. I know a lot of people are waiting for mapping, which I think over the next couple of weeks is gonna it's gonna ramp up just a tad bit. I'm also waiting for a guy to come back from Ukraine um, back over here. He's gonna be telling a story. He lost his I don't want to say it was his right eye, but it might have been his right eye. I think it might have been his right eye. He lost one of his eyes, right or left doesn't matter. He lost an eye to a four, he ate a forty millimeter round. He's actually from my area where I'm at, which is kind of crazy that he's actually from here. So he's going to be coming home, getting some work on his eye. He's been starting, you know, actually, let me check my messages real quick. So no matter what, apparently he's making it. This is going to be his last week inside of Ukraine. No matter what, he's trying to figure out how to get back to here. He's got to, I, I don't know. He's either going to pay for, he's trying to figure out how to pay for his medical bills for his eye. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to help him out over here on this channel. Even though last time we, we tried doing that and ended up being not the greatest Outcome, but at least we'll we'll know this guy at least was fighting over there and literally will have scars on his face to prove it. Uh, I, I I did see the video of him going into the trenches when he was doing it, and it is pretty. He's got he's got he's got massive bronze things dangling between his legs. Now we're gonna go talk about a little bit of Russian propaganda because this is it always made a uh, it's, it's part of our videos, and I think we need to continue so because it is pretty funny. <laughs> Ну, называть можно специальной военной операцией, это то, что имеет отношение к событиям на Украине, но мы же сами очевидно понимаем, да, что идет война. Война с НАТО. Они не стесняются, американцы впрямую заявляют о том, что они стремятся нанести нам стратегическое поражение, переводят на русский язык, задача уничтожения России, русской культуры. Украинские нацисты впрямую заявляют, что их задача и что вообще русский это мусор, генетический мусор, заявил кто-то из этих сволочей. Вся, понимаете, все русские это генетический мусор. Поэтому те из наших, которые думают, что можно отсидеться, договориться, там виляют жопой, не понимают, что они все равно для, для Запада на списание. All right, so he is clearly laying down the groundwork for something that is coming up here very next. This is all he does. He lays it down. He's also driving home the fact that the, with this propaganda piece, that is to, to his people that every single person inside of Ukraine is looking for the destruction of Russia as a whole, and that the West has already declared war with Russia by claiming that it needed to be defeated. That's, that's, I'm going to go out and leave here and say he's going to blame someone inside of Russia for not using some sort of nuke to take out the West or that they're wasting time. They need to stop talking. He just hates it. He just wants to end this entire war. He doesn't want to lose. And I think it has a little bit more than him just not wanting to lose. I think he's a little fearful for what could happen after the war. You know, I really do. I think guys like him that are on the wrong side of history that are just been spewing pure hate. And, like, I, I think I think the writing's on the wall, which said the, 
which side of history you need to be on and what is actually going on. Необходимо возвращать, по крайней мере, в зоне проведения СВО законы военного времени и ту практику судебную, которая была. А как вы, как вы собираетесь остановить? Вот два парня на панике приводят к чему-то, появляются пятисоты, бегут так, что там оголяют фланг, люди гибнут. Потому что эти убежали, они же позиции сдали. А если вы этим двоим тихо, аккуратно, прикладом в лоб долбануть и в яму бросить, то никто бы и не побежал. Вы что, хотите как при Сталине? Знаете, я вам так скажу. В каких-то вопросах Сталин был крайне эффективен. И речь идет не только о ГУЛАГе, который ужасен, кошмарен, невиновный. Но мы победили в страшной войне. Now, it is a really comical thing listening to this guy's rationale every time he's opened up his mouth on how they need to handle a situation. So instead of training your men to have discipline instilled into them from the start, like our military tries to do or did when I was in, I guess. I don't know what it's like now. I know it's probably changed significantly uh, over the last year or two, uh, three or four years. I have no idea. But we don't beat... The fear into the men because we can't and then throw them into a pit that doesn't really work out. That's not how you, you, you gain someone's trust and support. Uh, if, an, if an individual doesn't have enough pride to fight for their country and the flag, you aren't going to be able to beat sense into them. It's just not the way it works. For the most part, if you, beat, if you try to beat somebody or try to force them to do something, they're going to go to polar opposite of what they want to do. America right now is a perfect example of this currently. Okay, we have some of the worst recruitment rates we've ever seen inside our military. And why do you think that is? Look at our political divide here in America over the last, I'm going to say, five-ish years. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on or, or not. I don't really care. I know this is going to piss off one side of the, the I'm going to say, the, the viewer that watches. Now, for the most part, the Democratic Party, over the last, I don't even, what, three years or so? Two, three years? What, three years probably? Um, it wasn't really the last three years. Probably two years ago. They haven't really kind of, they've kind of like piped down on it, I guess, the last year. I think it's coming to the political. They just realized it wasn't really helping them. But they were telling pretty much everybody inside the country that the flag is a terrible thing and you must kneel before it and that cops are bad and so on and so forth. Now, that, I guess you can, you can have your view here in America. I don't really care. Now, certain schools don't even stand for the Pledge of Allegiance anymore or even do it at all. Like, how are you supposed to have any type of loyalty to a country that you're taught to hate? That's the way I look at it. I get it. A lot of people think that America is really bad. I'm not really entirely sure. I've been to a lot of countries. And a lot of people here, I think, I think they live in a bubble. They don't really realize what's going on outside of their, their bubbles. They're like, man, life is tough here in America. No, you dumb f You haven't been anywhere else in the world. You have no idea how terrible it is in other countries. Like America is a, an absolutely phenomenal place. Yes, it has some of the issues. But to be honest with you, it's its first world issues. Our issues are really not really relative or relatable to the rest of the, the planet. They really aren't. Now, Russia is having the same kind of issue. But in regards to their ability to have success inside the war. Most of these men do not want to fight and have no real desire to be there. So, I mean, you can't beat them into saying, hey, you need to fight. This is not the way it works. Now, I know some people are like, oh my God, he only hates the left. No, I don't. the right does a lot of stupid stuff at the same time. They do. I, I, I like to kind of hang out in the middle and just kind of like, wow, both sides are dumb at times. But I will say that for the most part, the left during, what was it, 20 and 21 Whatever that was, whatever, it was just really crazy in certain cities. I mean, it just, it is what it is. You, you can call a spade a spade, and that's, it is what it is. That's, that's the truth. Значит, что-то Сталин делал правильно, но если ты хочешь победить, то действовать надо. Учитывая собственный исторический опыт, как от воссоздания СМЕРШа 
так и проведение актов возмездия глубоко на территории Украины. Год назад, уже с лишним, не, почти, да, ровно год, значит, покушение на меня берут шесть человек. До сих пор ни суда, ничего нет. Год спустя какой-то человек пишет мне, Владимир Дольфович, не надо вас опросить. Год спустя. Он год что делал? Балду гонял? Чекисты взяли сразу. Все, пожалуйста. Год спустя он пишет мне. Вы знаете, у нас есть вопросы. Нам бы очень хотелось с вами поговорить. Это вообще что? Он вообще понимает, что мы проводим специальную военную операцию. Он взял террористов, и ему надо со мной год спустя что-то обсудить. Мне нужно Владимира Дольча допросить в качестве потерпевшего. Год спустя, пишет человек, который вдруг каким-то образом, какие-то письма покаянные, он следователь или ему просто надо на фронт пойти и повоевать? А так он нашел себе, он год расследует. Now this is taking kind of a strange uh, turn down a path I wasn't really anticipating, but I would, I, I think it's, it is fairly entertaining, and I think it's something we need to at least garnish and, and chill and hang out with for a minute, because when he starts raging, it's fairly comical. О том, что шесть человек шли меня убивать, а я об этом узнал, когда ваши же коллеги мне сказали, о чем вы хотите меня спросить? Или вы просто саботажем занимаетесь на местах? Взял в руки автомат и на передовую штурмить, если не можешь свою работу выполнять. Это то, что я думаю. Now I did just learn something new today. That he was apparently someone tried to kill him. This this fine gentleman, someone tried to kill this guy a year ago? That's something I never knew about. Why, why would anybody want to hurt this guy? He is such a great individual. He's, I mean, he's, oh, right now, he's fairly mad at, I think he's talking about the FSB. That could be incorrect, but I, I never understood why he always tells people that they need to be on the front line fighting. I don't know why he always, like, he's such a good guy. Like, I could imagine me and him having dinner, having a good, like, logical conversation. It'd be phenomenal, right? Nothing would go bad there. We'd just high-five, have a drink of whatever the hell he drinks, and... But the thing, the thing about this is, this, this, this guy, he was talking about uh, why people need to be fighting on the front lines. When his own son isn't fighting in the war, I think his son's going to school and either. It was in St. Petersburg, it might be Moscow now. He was inside of uh, UK for a while. I don't know. You guys remember his son's the one that was like, I think he wants to be a model. Doesn't really matter. His son isn't fighting in the war, and he's never even been in the military. He's literally nothing more than a poser. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know how people inside of Russia look up to this guy and be like, All right, you're telling us we're going to fight in a war, but you've literally never served a day in your life. You literally, you walk around wearing military-esque clothing, which I, I like to kind of like make fun of guys here in America too that do the same thing. They wear like 5'11", they get super tactical, they look like what I would, what I would call tactical, and all they've done is gone to a 15-yard a pistol shooting range, and that's like all they know is to shoot a pistol at 15 yards, maybe 10. <laughs> сталинских времен хотите? Я победить хочу в этой войне. Я хочу, чтобы русский народ жил. Я хочу, чтобы мои друзья на фронте не скрывали свое лицо масками, опасаясь, что их семьям здесь 
будут угрожать и проводить теракты. Я хочу, чтобы в мешке на родину вернули всю эту сволочь. Низовцевых, Волковых, Соболей, Шмабалей. Всю эту мразь поганую. И здесь судили за измену родины. Я хочу, чтобы Навальный сидел. Now I always say this when you guys see this guy on this channel because this is the kind of stuff that you see pushed out to the Russian civilian population on the daily. This guy is full of so much hatred. I don't, I don't really understand that. Yeah, I don't know how you could be this mad at life in general all the time. I feel bad for him. I know you'll never be able to go back to Italy. I know you'll never even see your house that you had on Lake Cuomo. It sucks. It sucks. You'll never be able to go back to Europe. And you, I, I just, man. Like, imagine being stuck in Russia the rest of your life. That cold, cold place where it's just miserable. They're make sure, but man, they aren't. They also are making very much progress inside of Ukraine, which might make him a little bit more worried. Things could be tried for something if the current regime gets changed out, which I don't think is going to happen. But imagine holiday dinners with this household just for a second. I'm sure it's a splendid time. You got a son that wants to be a designer. He wants to be a model of some sort, which generally I'm going to say he's probably a little bit more on the feminine side, so he's a little bit more soft than his father. I can just imagine how... How they're like, oh, no, dad, you're just, so, I, I just couldn't imagine how crazy it is. Now, this, this next piece, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I watched the end of it, and it's the most abrupt, random thing ever. Да, нужны деньги. Да, государство должно внимательно относиться к каждой копейке. Все понимаю. Так меньше платите спортсменам, футболистам. Не хватает денег в бюджете. Откройте общественные. Я буду платить деньги, мои друзья будут платить. Будем платить, вот, не жалко. Фонды создадим. Это то, что я думаю. Ну, а сейчас погода с Евгением Тишковцом. Yes, and right now, now for the weather. How do you go from, like, talking about beating people in the back of the head with AKs and throwing them into pits and be like, all right, now, Dan, here's the weather. Let me know what the weather's like. Don't worry about my last 10 minutes or so. I'm yelling at random things and forgetting about the whole subject and shifting it multiple times about money and this and that. That's pretty much it now. That's, 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 what, that's what's going on. Russia strong, rest of the world weak. That's pretty much all we got to remember of going into every single one of these episodes with, with my guy over there inside of Russia, which I think his name is probably Vlad, if I was to guess. I don't even know actually. Yeah, Vlad Solvyevnov. I can't even say his last name. Doesn't really matter. Pure trash is all it is. It's all good. Someday, maybe me and him, me and him will have a chat. It would be a really, it would be a good chat. Like a chat inside of a room where I'm not forced to like drink anything so I don't get poisoned and I don't get shot. We're stuck in a gulag, which I'm sure that he got some somewhere, but anyway. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. I will catch you guys on another episode, which hopefully will be tomorrow. I do love you guys. I'm out.